Welcome back to Fleeky Foods and Friends, my podcast. I'm Liz. I run the Instagram account Fleeky Foods. And today's very special guest is Erin Baker. Erin Baker runs the company Erin Baker's. Her last name is actually Baker. We talk about this in the episode, but I just think that that's so crazy. She is like her name says, a baker. <laughs> she makes amazing granola, these amazing cookies, and her products can be found seriously on so many shelves across the U.S. I get so excited when I see her stuff in stores. She was actually one of the first companies that I worked with with this account, and I just love her food, and she is so sweet. I was so glad that I got to speak with her today, and I learned so much about kind of why she started her company and how it's been going, especially amidst this pandemic, and all about her experience running this company. So like I say at the beginning of every video, if you guys have any requests for other guests or any topics that you want me to talk about, feel free to reach out to me via DM on Fleeky Foods. That's my Instagram, like I said. <laughs> and if you like this episode, please feel free to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. And I hope you guys love hearing this episode as much as I love recording it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. So my first question um, is just kind of how did you start the business and kind of why did you start the business? And if you just want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, the first thing that's kind of funny is my last name is actually Baker. <laughs> I remember so I saw that. Mm -hmm, I saw that on your Instagram one time. I was like, there's no way. Like, that's so crazy. It's so true. I know. It just, well... You know, I come from, my mom made all of our food for us. You know, she canned, she dried, she baked bread, um, she grew our food. And so I really grew up kind of marinated in that whole, you know, connection with food. And then even more so, the magic that happens with between people when you make them food and you share it with them. Um, it's one of the oldest love languages there is out there. So um, that's really where I came from and really was, you know, the reason I started my business was just to kind of recreate that feeling that I had as a child. And I just, I just love making food for people. Um, I met Mrs. Fields when I was 12 years old um, at, outside of one of her original cookie shops. And I was obsessed with her cookies. And uh, that's kind of when I had my first aha moment. My mom was in retail. She had retail stores. And so I was learning on the weekends, you know, what it meant to run a small business, even when I was super young, you know, she'd be like, okay, we order stuff, you know, we mark it up with our, with our margin, we sell it and whatever's left over, we pay our bills, we pay our overhead. And then whatever's left over is, is what you make. And so I learned really early on how to, you know, the concept of, of business and how it all works. And, uh, but I decided to go a different direction. I decided to go with food. And so I started the business when I was 23. So that was 27 years ago. Um, so I've been, been, been in this for a long time. And, you know, the first product I created was the breakfast cookie. And, uh, you know, when I, when I brought that to market, it was really, quite unique. Um, it was the only packaged product that had uh, whole grains and whole fruit in the top three ingredients. 
Um, so it was very um, incredibly innovative at the time and um, still remains, you know, very relevant and on trend. Um, we are also really unique in the food industry. Uh, I've seen um, a lot of changes over the last 20 years and um, you know, one of the things that's happened in the last decade is a lot of consolidation of, of mid-size and small food companies, um, partnering up with larger food companies and outsourcing the manufacturing of their products. And we have remained um, woman-owned and privately owned, uh, family-owned, and we make all of our own products. And we're really one of the very, very few um, food products that you'll see on the shelf um, where we actually make our own food. So um, we're very unique in that way. And our focus has always been um, make it as healthy as we can um, so it'll last in the package so we can get it out to our customers, and, but it's got to taste good too. So um, yeah, we're, we're really focused on whole grains and fruit sweetened products and have been for 27 years. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. How, not only how long you've had the company, but how well you've been able to hold your own in the business is amazing. So um, one of my uh, followers actually asked me to ask you this. Um, how do you turn your cookies into sellable cookies? Because obviously like I make cookies, but like I wouldn't be able to put them out like onto a shelf, like in a grocery store. So how right. do you change like your cookies into a cookie that can actually make it out on the shelf? Well, um, it has to go in a package mm -hmm. and um, the absolute minimum to exist in the world of grocery for shelf life is six months. And even then it's very challenging. The distribution and grocery system is set up for products that are usually a year long shelf life. And um, if you're going to exist in that center, center store um, area, if you're on the perimeter, like in the uh, refrigerated, you know, like the, uh, like the perfect bar, for example, uh, where it has to be refrigerated. Um, and I think their shelf life is longer, but it has to be refrigerated because it's, there's so much fat that if it gets warm, it just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, falls apart. Um, but if you're in the perimeter departments, um, it's a lot more expensive to enter that space. So um, shelf life is, is a key, key, key component to success. And in order to attain that type of shelf life, there's a lot of testing that has to go towards that uh, two ways, two, in, in two different ways. One is real-time shelf testing, which means you make your product and you put it in your intended package and you let it sit on the shelf, physically sit on the shelf for a year and you try it every month or you know, every two weeks. And so you're, you're logging, you know, how does it taste? How does it smell? What's the texture? Is it degrading? Um, and then at the same time, you do accelerated shelf studies with a food lab, um, and they put it through, oh, they put it through extreme conditions. So to kind of mimic like being in a truck and going across the country and temperatures going up and going down and, and things like that. So you really have to do a lot of, a lot of testing um, and just, you know, kind of road test it to, to determine if it's going to hold up in the package. And you know, when I developed the breakfast cookie, uh, originally it was just what we call a naked cookie in a jar. And, you know, after about a month, I was like, wow, this cookie's still good. And then after about two months, I was like, oh my gosh, it's still good. And I didn't really, at the time, I mean, I, I always wanted the company to grow. Uh, and I, I had big dreams. 
Um, but at the time I was just selling to lots of little local coffee shops and I was delivering, I, you know, I was making everything and then delivering once a week. And so, um, you know, I hadn't really launched into that whole shelf studies and trying to figure out how it was going to live in the package that kind of came uh, as a result of realizing that it, it inherent, that the cookie actually inherently had a longer shelf life. So um, it's, yeah, you got to figure out if it'll, if it'll live in a package. And in order to find that packaging, you have to connect with a food packaging company. So if anybody wants to know how to do that, you can always call me because <laughs> I know how to do that too. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, my cookies, what, they're, they're, they're good for like a week. And then it's kind of like, oh, maybe we should throw those in the trash. But that's so interesting that you actually can let it just sit there for a year and test it every month. I've never heard of that. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's how it works. So how long does it take? I know you just posted about this today, all of the certifications that the granola and the cookies have. How long does it take to get those certifications? And kind of like, what is that process? So you have to apply. And so, for example, like non-GMO certification is a very rigorous uh, process um, and, and should be a mm -hmm. very rigorous process because essentially it's transparency all the way back to the soil. And, um, you know, in my opinion, it's as good as organic certification. Um, and it really um, looks at every aspect of whatever ingredient you're using from the soil all the way to your loading dock. So basically where it's been grown, how it's been grown, um, what's been used to grow it. Um, of course, with non-GMO, you can't use any pesticides or, you know, anything like that. It's very, you know, it's a very natural uh, approach. Um, but, you know, essentially what, what non-GMO wants to know is, you know, the how the how the ingredients say let's let's say it's almonds for example you know who grows it how it's being grown what's being used to grow it and then um you know where is it stored what and you know there's certifications you know about where it's being stored everything from pest control to environmental um monitoring control meaning like uh, pathogens um and then and then what truck does it go in and and are and is the truck clean and then when we receive it, you know, it's just, it's so, it's such a fantastic um, system for, for a customer to feel very comfortable about the fact that that almond has been, has been watched from growth all the way to being in your cookie. Um, so, and, and I would say, you know, to get started with non-GMO Project Verified, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process of, you know, six months and then to get a product verified is probably another six to eight months. So it's, it's very, it's, it's very intensive and it's very expensive. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an expensive certification, but it, there's, there's reasons why it is. Yeah. Um, you know, paleo is a little bit easier um, because they're, you know, just verifying if, if the ingredients are single you know, single food ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yeah, it's, it, it just depends on the certifying agency, but it's, you know, it's extensive and it should be because it's a level of transparency and trust that requires a lot of, um, a lot of record keeping, a lot of inspections. And, you know, we really want our customers to feel 
that confidence when they eat our products. Yeah, that's actually really reassuring, like how much it has to go through to get that certification. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired you to make your products, these clean ingredients, um, non-GMO, paleo, things like that? Well, it's very similar to the food that I was raised on. And, um, you know, food is my love language, one of them, but, you know, a big one. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel very passionately about if I'm going to make, you know, copious amounts of food and affect millions and millions of lives with my food, it's going to be healthy. And um, I want to give people options and solutions to the challenges that they face every day. And, you know, one of the things that it isn't slowing down is people are so, we're all so busy. And, you know, offering packaged food products that people can actually feel good about and be like, okay, yeah, you know, like, you know, like the better cookie, (laughs) the better cookie, for example, Um, you know, I mean, it's just simple, simple, simple food ingredients. We can't really see that, but, you know, you recognize it, you know, almonds, dates, coconut oil, you know, there's no, you know, X words or Y words or colorings or flavoring. And, you know, we moved away from using um, natural flavorings um, about seven years ago when we went for the non-GMO project verification. And, you know, the flavorings were one thing that I still, I still, frankly, I still don't understand how flavorings get, get certified because, the only thing that the flavoring companies tell us, and I think it's kind of a legal loophole, is that it's a proprietary blend of plant-based ingredients. Okay, so, and, you know, the FDA allows flavoring companies to use the word natural yeah. in the ingredient deck, which is completely misleading. Mm-hmm. Because the ingredient deck is, the ingredient declaration is supposed to be the truth. Like really, really transparent. Like this is what's in your food. So for them to be able to use the word natural, I mean, nobody else can really use it that way for them to be able to use the word natural when you don't even really know what's in it. Um, You know, it's a derivative of a single ingredient, but how do they get that? How do they get it to the flavoring point? Um, There's a lot of chemicals and um, you know, there's a lot of chemicals involved in that processing and extraction. And um, I feel very strongly that natural flavorings are not natural um, after, after the research that I did. And if you look, if, you, if everybody really starts to look at the food labels, you'll see that natural flavoring is in chips, butter, bread, soda, um, soup, frosting. It's in yeah. everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why don't they just use spices? Yeah. Why don't they just use strawberries well they don't use it because it's less expensive Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely think that natural flavorings is kind of something that a lot more people are starting to look into because it is like well what is that (laughs) especially and they don't tell you yeah especially people with allergies it's like you don't really know what that is yeah i know so i just we just couldn't get a straight answer and i i don't want to eat them i don't eat them so I'm not going to put them in my food that mm-hmm. I, that I make for you, Yeah, you know? So that's, that's really why I decided to start the business and it's really what's 
sustain me throughout is just my passion for making the healthiest product I can and getting it in the package out to people that really need it. Mm-hmm. So other than obviously avoiding natural flavoring, are there any other dietary restrictions that you follow? Well, being of a middle age, um, <laughs> Um, I'm eating, you know, I'm eating less sugar. I mean, that was really why I made this. Yeah. So I don't have any dietary restrictions, but what I, what I am doing is I'm minimizing refined sugar, minimizing dairy, minimizing gluten. And so, you know, when I was out there trying to find a a really good little cookie, you know, I couldn't really find one. I mean, Emmy's, I like Emmy's coconut cookies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like those, but I wanted to to get more of a cookie kind of, you know, with kind of a, you yeah. know, that cookie. So that's really why I created the better cookie. It's really representative of kind of what my diet is like now. Um, but make no mistake, if I'm at a party and there's a really nice cheese plate, I am all over the time. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like that's the best way to kind of look at it is like when it's a social thing, it's like, that's not going to affect you in the long run, like that one time. Exactly. Or if you're in France, you know, and you want to have a croissant, you know exactly you got to treat yourself sometimes (laughs) exactly well when when you've got the best of the best in front of you and Mm -hmm. uh, i think that um you know not overloading on sugar and gluten and dairy um has helped me kind of you know feel better in general yeah definitely so you've talked about the better than cookie um and you just recently came out with the almond butter flavor do you want to walk the listeners kind of through like how that idea started for this specific flavor and then like how long it took to actually get it out on the shelf. Yeah. So the first, the first flavor that I came up with was the chocolate, um, the salted chocolate cashew. I love that one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's so good if you put it, um, like if you just put a, push your finger into it, make a little hole mm-hmm. a little bit, and put a couple of chocolate chips in there and, and then put it in the microwave for like four seconds. It's like a little molten chocolate cake. I got it. I'm going to try that tonight. <laughs> okay. um, so it took me um, probably about two months to develop both products. And, you know, I mean, that's not, I'm not spending, um, this is my R&D kitchen in back of me, but I'm not in my R&D kitchen full time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm running the company. So um, it's, if I was spending eight hours a day on it, I probably could have had it nailed in a couple of weeks. Um, but it took me a couple of months, um, and then started the, you know, all the testing, all the testing. Um, so it took us about eight months from, um, concept from original concept to launch. And we launched last year, um, oh my gosh, on March 18th, (laughs) March 18th, 2020. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That's what happened. Um, One of the people I had on the podcast, uh, CD, who runs this vegan restaurant up in like Northern Illinois, she opened her restaurant like two weeks before everything shut down. And she was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I know. Like, this is the first new product we've launched in like a long time. So, but you know, it went pretty good. You know, we launched with Costco and we were really counting on, on the sampling because, you know, with these, with with these types of products, people really have to try them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but sales were pretty strong despite, you know, the lack of foot traffic. And and, um, and then we did another round in LA um, with the chocolate and it went really well. So we're starting to get it out to retailers and it's been in Sprouts now for about six months. It's doing great and uh, things are picking back up. I mean, 2020 was not a year to get products, new products on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, for, well, 
uh, up until about a month ago, buyers weren't even meeting with manufacturers. They weren't reviewing product, nothing. It was a, it was just completely shut down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't no. even imagine. I know. I see that look on your face. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's the craziest year. I mean, it's been crazy for everybody. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can't even imagine like running a food company, especially when no one was going to the grocery stores. Thankfully, I feel like people are kind of back in the grocery stores every once in a while, but I can't like those first couple of weeks where just no one was leaving their house. Yeah, I can't even yeah. imagine, but I've actually seen your product at one of my local grocery stores and it's not like a big chain or anything. And I freaked out. I was like, oh, alone. Which, one? which grocery store? It's called Pete's Fresh Market. Oh. And it was your granola. And I was literally alone at the grocery store and I saw it and I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. <laughs> That's so fun. You're in Illinois, right? Yeah. So it was, it's yeah. like the Western suburbs. It was crazy. I was so excited. But what? So cool. Jewel, Jewel has our products. Also. Oh, really? Okay. Awesome. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. Because yeah. I go there a lot too. I feel like I hit yeah. like every grocery store in this area because everything has like one thing that I like. <laughs> I have to go to like every single one to get all my products. Um, but if you had to pick, I know it's going to be really hard. What would your favorite granola flavor be? That's so <laughs> I feel like it's like trying to pick a favorite child. <laughs> it is. I think you're right because truly these products are my children. Mm-hmm. I don't have human babies. Mm-hmm. I have. Come here, Cookie. Come here. Come here, Cookie. She's so tired. I just took her for a walk. I have, <laughs> I have fur babies. <laughs> Those are the best. <laughs> this is cookie. <laughs> and um and then my products are are my babies for sure. Um I think you know the fruit and nut granola is so good. Mm-hmm. But the peanut butter is really, really good. The double chocolate, I can't decide, Liz. It just depends on it just depends on the time of day. Yeah, it depends on what you're feeling. I've loved the double chocolate was my like original, my first one, but the chocolate yeah. coconut has really oh, yeah. Really, I love it. So my mom is allergic to nuts. So every uh-huh. time that a box comes, she freaks out and she's like, can I eat it? <laughs> She'll, oh, yeah. I'll find her just like eating it. And then when my sister comes from the city, she will sit there at her desk, like doing her work, just eating the granola. I'm like, no, like that's my granola. <laughs> like you oh, are yeah. not eating oh, it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that chocolate coconut crunch is definitely gaining steam. Mm-hmm. So good. good. One. That's got that's got uh, soy pro- um, pea protein mm-hmm. in it. So. Yeah, and I love that yeah. because I just went vegan like for the month, um, and I was like, I need as much protein as I can get. So it's definitely yeah. helpful, like having that in the granola. And Absolutely. another thing that I think is so awesome with you guys is the like very such minimally added sugars. Um, just like obviously being young women having acne, like it helps so much not having like that added sugar in it. And I was just kind of wondering, so like you said you grew up like that. Was there like something kind of like in your house that kind of led you guys to all be like that or like how, cause so many people don't eat like that, like from the ground and with minimally added sugars. So kind of like what inspired your family to eat like that? Well, I'm not really sure for my mom. It just, she was always that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, we always kind of lived out in the country. Yeah. Not, you know, we didn't have all these fabulous fun foods Mm -hmm. kind of at our fingertips. Yeah. um, Nor did we have the internet. I mean, I'm telling you what, when I was a kid, 
we used to pick our clothes out of the Sears catalog, <laughs> have, and then it would be sent to our house. I mean, you know, it was pretty, it's pretty old school. Um, but you know, I know my mom, I know she, she kind of just had the same philosophy that I do is mm -hmm. that food is an expression of love and, um, caring. And when you think about, you know, if, if you're a mom or a dad or roommate and you're providing food for, you know, for the people that you really care about, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you're making something for them that's kind of good for their bodies. I mean, you know, it depends on if you're making a birthday cake or something, yeah. maybe not, but just regular food, mm -hmm. you know, and then that aspect of like, you know, what you're doing, you're teaching your kids too. So whatever you're serving them is what they're going to serve themselves and their families later on. So I think it's really a matter of just kind of thinking about, you know, how is this setting, how is this setting my family up for the best possible chance of success with, you know, health and wellness? Really, that's my motivation. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was so lucky to grow up like that with my mom really trying to feed us like as healthily as possible. And I feel like a lot more people are kind of transitioning to that um, and really trying to fuel their bodies with as best as they can. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have extreme empathy for, for, for folks that, you know, their lives are so busy or, you know, they're single parents. Like for example, um, we're really, really involved with the Boys and Girls Clubs um, and we donate um, over 10,000 cookies a month to the kids at the Boys and Girls Clubs in 18 clubs here in Washington State. And 60% of the kids at the clubs are food insecure. And really, you know, what we see happening there is they're single parent homes, um, mom or dad, they're working 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, probably includes their food. And, you know, they don't have time or or there isn't a perceived time, you know, it's like everyone gets home at 730 and it's like everyone's starving and, you know, screaming at mom. And so it's like, just let's just go through drive through. Ah! Mm -hmm. And I, I get it. I get it. I totally, totally get it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, for that, for that, if people can just kind of back up and reprioritize a little bit um, and, you know, sometimes you have to take away something else to add, a healthy routine right yeah. and I think that um what I'm seeing parents do like parents at boys and girls clubs is they're involving their kids in the cooking like hey like mom says hey it's not my responsibility to do everything yeah. for you. you need to come to the grocery store with me do this shopping prepare this meal and we'll sit down and eat it so that's that's really I think what serves the whole family the best yeah. and sets the kids up for the best you know, the best possible success for themselves. And food doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. You know, so. Definitely. And that's so amazing then to have your products, which are packaged, but aren't like these overly processed, like things that right. they might be reaching for. It's so nice that they can still reach for a packaged item, but that will fuel them. Right. So um, why do you choose to run your own Instagram? Because I think this is so, like, I love seeing your Instagram because it feels so personal. And I think that a lot of other companies kind of miss out on that and having their followers kind of feel like they know them. So what drives you to run your own Instagram and kind of share your personal life? Well, I think that social media should be and is in a lot of cases a window into people's lives. And 
I think that authenticity and transparency to, you know, to a point is really important. Um, it, it goes along with what we're doing here. Yeah. I'm saying, Hey, I'm Aaron Baker. We're making food for you. You trust me. You know, I mean, that almost brings tears to my eyes. Like you trust me to make food for you. You serve this food to your family. There's an amazing amount of trust there. And I think that our social media um, content is just really reflective of, of that trust and our effort to continue to show people who we are and why we do what we do and how we do it. And it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, being, I'm 51, so, you know, I'm not in that kind of young zone of being really, really fluent in social media um, or it's not a huge part of my life yeah. because, you know, because I'm just not 20 mm-hmm. or in, in my yeah. 20s. And it's, it's been in the last year, I've, I've, I've started doing a lot more. Um, and it's been kind of, kind of an interesting process for me because I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert and I'm, I'm a very private person. Um, so it, it wasn't easy for me to kind of jump off that ledge yeah. and be like, Hey, here I am at seven in the morning out in the woods. And then I'm just like, nobody nobody cares. They just want to see what's going on, you know? Mm. And I come from a generation of, you know, highly critical, like, you know, you know, I was in in my teens, it was the eighties and Mm. it was just full on, like, you know, everything's got to be perfect, perfect hair, perfect makeup, perfect clothes, you know, perfect, perfect, perfect. And, um, and I really admire the younger generation because it's just like, yeah, my hair's messed up, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> whatever. And I love, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's really inspired me to just open up yeah. and show everybody what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I think it's, our social media is just a- another reflection of just who we are and, um, that trust, uh, that we're so grateful for. Yeah. Um, well, that people put in us to make their food. Definitely. Well, I love seeing it and I'm sure all of your other followers do as well. So- what else do you want to see? I like just the day-to-day life and I love the cooking. I like the behind the scenes, like kind of when I know when you're making the granola the other day, like measuring it out. I thought that was so interesting to see. Okay. Um, so definitely I just love seeing all that stuff. Um, There'll be more cooking soon. I'm, I'm re- my mom and I are remodeling a house cause we're living there together. So mm-hmm. I haven't had a kitchen <laughs> like he dominates the kitchen. <laughs> so I haven't had a kitchen mm-hmm. in a long time. <laughs> But when I get my kitchen back, then I'm going to be doing all kinds of like cooking stuff and then all more behind the scenes stuff. Perfect. I can't wait. So now to get into what I like to call the fast money questions. Um, What is your favorite way to move your body? Well, um, I do a lot. I jog. I I mean, I say, it's funny. I say, sometimes I say run and I'm like, you're not really running, you're jogging. (laughs) I like to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I jog, I ride my horse, I mountain bike, I snowboard, and I do yoga. Awesome. What is your favorite recipe to make? Favorite recipe to make? Well, what comes to mind is, you know, being in the Pacific Northwest, we have amazing seafood. I don't know if you saw my, you may or may not have caught that story I did with that beautiful piece of salmon. Oh yeah, um, I did. Oh, one of my employees, in, um, he goes salmon fishing, and um, it, it, 
it's like king salmon. So it's yeah. just amazing. So I really, I really love a nice piece of salmon and then, you know, a beautiful salad or, or, or a beautiful melange of vegetables or something. You know, I'm a pretty simple, I'm pretty simple when it comes to cooking, but whatever, whatever it is that I'm cooking, I really try to highlight with, you know, fresh herbs and really good olive oil. All the ingredients that I'm using are really good. So um, you get that simplicity and it doesn't take me two hours to make dinner, yeah. but, the, but the flavors are amazing. Yeah. That looked so good the other night. Yeah. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you define clean eating? I define clean eating of knowing what you're eating. Yeah. I mean, really knowing what you're eating and recognizing what you're eating. Um, and, you know, no flavorings, no f- colorings, um, you know, no hydrogenated oils, no high fructose corn syrup, um, just no highly refined foods, yeah. no highly refined ingredients. Truly, that's, that's how I define clean eating. Um, and to, to do that, you really have to look at the ingredients. Yeah. I would caution people to take the front of the package at face value. Um, really, you got to turn it over. You got to really look and see what's inside the package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Ever since going dairy and gluten-free, it's like crazy how much more I have to look at ingredient lists and how many times that like, it looks good from the front and you turn it around and it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot back. of tricks. There's a lot of tricks that food companies employ to draw people in. Um, and it's, um, you know, not necessarily always super ethical. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and, you know, I I mean, that's just, that's just how business goes. Yeah. So that's how it goes. But we have the power as the consumer to know what's in the product, Mm -hmm. whether by looking at the back or by going to their website and really taking a closer look. Yeah, definitely. So last but not least, what is one thing that your followers wouldn't get from your Instagram that you want them to know about you? Well, my dream has always been to, um, to make Baker the new Quaker. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's been my mantra for a long, long, long time. And, um, that's not something that I really come out and talk about. Um, I would really love to, um, affect the food system in, in, in an even bigger way than I am now. I mean, we've sold hundreds of thousands of, of breakfast cookies and, and bags of granola, um, which, you know, have affected people's lives and in, in a very positive way, but I'd really love to take that to, to the next level. Um, and, you know, take my concepts and my passion and my love language, um, to more people and affect, uh, uh, you know, affect the food system on a higher level. And that's, that's what I'm going for. So, That's amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm so excited for the listeners to hear this and just thanks again. Thank you, Liz.